If you are a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on Pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. Hello, Matthew. You are live on the Coaches Coffee Club podcast. Please do not swear. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Very good. Thanks. Very good. Um, <clears throat> football is back. We have yeah. some coaching to do. I know you and I are fortunate that we've been back a little longer than most, but um, yeah, we've, we've actually we've actually been back so long that we're looking forward to the break. That's how <laughs> weird it is. That's how strange it is. We've been back so long, we want a break, whereas everyone is just coming back off the break. That's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is strange when people ask you if you're back in yet, and you say, "Oh yeah, yeah, we've been back in about six weeks now." <laughs> yeah, we're back so, in September, I think. Well, so. long, longer for you because you've been you've been working PDP, so. Yeah, you've been in a long time, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> this week, as as of recording, this week grassroots football was allowed to come back, which is which is great, and just in time with the lighter evenings. So yeah, doesn't I it make know, a difference as well? Yeah, yeah, leaving the house in in the light weather and coming home in the light weather is lovely. <laughs> yeah, it is glorious. Um, I tell no, you what was good great. though, like see, seeing. You know, like you do see all the stuff on social media. I know we're we're quite we love Twitter, don't we? But like seeing all the people posting like their sessions or the kids, you know, I just thought it was brilliant. I thought it's it, you know, you need a bit of positivity, don't you? And it was it's really good to see, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, just even <clears throat> when you just walk in the dog at the weekend or on the evening to see some training sessions going on on the park or whatever, it's yeah. something that we we've not seen for a long time. Um yeah. Which you, you you took for granted until it was gone, you know. Yeah. Just the playing field looked looked strange, being empty for all these months. Yeah, it, and now that people now are starting to come back, it it's strange. Like, oh, a bit busy. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I know for us, it's been. It has been like you can see the like enjoyment and excitement in the players, in the boys coming back in. You can just see it. You can feel it. There's like a bit of a bit of a buzz, you know, like it. On Friday, I, just before I left, I, was, I, I stayed and watched like an hour of the training. Um, and then I, I had a game on the Saturday. I wasn't being lazy, but, but I, I stayed <laughs> and watched an hour. And, and like just before they got going, the coaches had like purposely given them just some time, you know, just to do whatever they wanted, really. And you could just feel it and hear it. It was just so good. They were just like just playing like Cuppies, Wembley, but just like, you know, in the little group playing, running around. There was just so much energy there. It was just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. On the uh on the coach back today from from a fixture, the the lads were having a rap battle, which was yeah. it was terrible to listen to, but like it was it was lively, there was exciting, there were laughing, you won, joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen, this uh my rendition of Shoop by Salt and Pepper went down a tree. <laughs> I bet um, I'd never heard of it. <laughs> no, but hey, 
<clears throat> no, it was just great to hear like the, the camaraderie between yeah between teenage lads, which again it's it's been something that we've not heard for a long time, and and it was it was it was quite good to to see them back with some form of normality because I, I guess mm. they're the kind of things which attract people to team sports as well, aren't they? Um, massively yeah massively so and I think yeah. I think like I, I was talking to um, some parents of two boys that had been all the way through the the sort of academy journey and uh, I was asked just we were just talking about their sort of journey and and none of them talked about tactical technical stuff they just talked about how oh it's like been a part of our life and the you know all of our best friends are here and you know the kids best friends are here and we had really good experiences here you know, like it, it, nothing was actually about the football. And you have to, you do forget that sometimes, don't you? That, you know, you put so much importance on what you're doing as a coach. But, you know, we always talk about statistics, about becoming a professional and stuff, actually. And, then, you know, particularly when you're working with kids, kids in an academy or in grassroots, it's bigger. It's much, much bigger. And I yeah. think through what, through what everyone's been through the last sort of 18 months, you know, it becomes even more so. More yeah, this is a, a interesting topic of conversation because obviously, you know, I've recently become a dad, and I've I've thought, right, if I and my daughter might play football, but say if I had a son and he was talented at football, would I would I want him to be in an academy, knowing the the chances of success or whatever, making it as a player? But then I thought, well, why would I want to deny him of all the experiences and opportunities that mm. that might bring, even if he and the stats are heavily against I'm talking about him as if I have I haven't got a son yet but you know what I mean if <laughs> yeah if, I mean this if, is one way to break yeah, it. <laughs> yeah but what I, what I mean is would I deny him that chance thinking or maybe protect him or her uh, because it could be a lot of heartbreak or this or that but then I'm thinking well to be able to make great friends and potentially travel the country or the world and yeah receive like all the other things like you said all the memories all the all the life lessons that we we that academy football can give young boys and and girls as well in the in the girls game but i think yeah i'd still take that quote-unquote risk or take the chances of not the high odds in the favor of not making it for all those other things that it it offers all the other positives yeah I think, yeah, I think, I think so. it's a, I think it's about how it's framed as well, isn't it? I think if we're, you know, like, you know, we were talking, we were talking before, but like we were talking about actors and you, you mentioned the school play, you know, about having people in a school play don't go into the school play thinking that, you know, they're in a school play and then they're going to be in the new Batman film. Yeah. Just I can't. I can't happen. take. I can't take credit for that. That's that's Shane. Shane Goddard said that, and it was it was very very um, accurate because yeah, there was a little bit. Really of stuff, yeah, there's a little bit of criticism online around how only 150 boys out of 1.5 million will play in the Premier League, um, and and the boys we were chatting to were like that. Yeah, I get that, but that is the same in any elite environment. Not yeah. everyone who's been in, as Shane said in a school play will go on to win an Oscar or be nominated for an Oscar, but yeah. you don't stop and play being in, in the school play, do you? So, yeah. Not, not every um, startup business becomes, you know, Tesla and Amazon, just it's in any walk of life, isn't it? And, and I think, yeah. I think just like, you know, like I said, we, we sort of use X factor as our sort of thing. Um, 
you know, the way we frame it to the, to the parents and the kids. And I do think it's, I think you're right. There's loads of positives to come, isn't there? You just have to frame it in the right way. And if you frame yeah. it for that, you frame it in a way as this is, you know, this is brilliant. There's loads of positive things to take away and positive mm. things for them to engage in. That's probably, that's probably all right. Yeah. I think what's important and I, I never really considered this until a couple of years ago. I was fortunate to go on the Erasmus LFE trip, you know, yeah. the coaches trip. Yeah. And um, I believe his name's Chris McCready. He was on it as well. And he does some work at Manchester United now around player care or player psychology or something. But anyway, he was talking around um, a lot of the work that they do or he's been researching around um, value players value and what they are and 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 who they are and yeah. he explained around and I might have this wrong so if I butchered it I apologize but he talks <laughs> asked the players around imagine that they're a table and they have the, the tabletop and then football is a leg. Yes. Yes. And if you put the leg in the middle of the table and there's no other legs, the table's not very stable or it falls over or whatever. But he was saying, well you Matt Football is is one of the table legs, but what are the other things? You, yeah. I know you're heavily into dance, street dance to be one. That's one of your table yeah. legs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Family, dog walking, podcasting. These are all the the ta- the legs of your table that yeah. allow it. If if one of those legs buckles or or doesn't doesn't go where you think it will, at least there's other legs for you to to stand on. And I've, I thought that was a really fascinating way of putting it, but. It then went into detail around they're talking to the not the players to the young men around yeah. everything so there'll be conversations around football of course but there'll be conversations around their other interests and there'll be time within their schedule for other interests and so that yeah that if that football if that player or young person grows up thinking that only their only value is as a footballer if when football is taken away from the vast majority what's left. And, uh, and I thought that yeah. was really fascinating. So I've tried to, as a coach, yeah. still speak to them around other things. Um, and it's easier said than done because we all love football. We're in an environment where it's football. So naturally all things point towards football. Um, I just think that, yeah, that we had, we, we had, really um, interesting that we had Mark Roberts from the LFE who came in, or well, he didn't come in, virtually came into our lives via zoom. And he talked about the same thing actually. Uh, talked about that uh, that being your identity and you know like if you are a footballer and then the football is taken away what are you and that's where you know particularly like ex-professionals you know or people that maybe come out of of the game at whatever level that's where they struggle like if they don't have those you know like you said table stable enough you know if if you just have that one table leg and it's football that gets taken away because you're injured or you leave a club or whatever, then what you're left with. And that's what he was talking about. It's a really good example, you know, and it did, we, we did a little um, task with it actually on, um, on the EHOC, the head of coaching course that I was doing. And we were sort of put under a little bit of pressure because they said, you know, what, what's, what's, uh, you, you remember that one for them. Yeah. Uh, it, what's your, you know, what are your table legs? And, and literally I got, you know, work, Street family, dance. friends. And then I was like, oh, what else is there? Couldn't think of anything else. But like yeah, you I was, said, I was gonna, there, I was gonna say that to you there. I was gonna say that. Do you think, and you you in your current role, you work with 
coaches in the full-time environment. Do you think it's too easy for coaches in full-time environment to only work on one table leg, to only be fully 24-7, yeah. eat, sleep, drink, coaching and football? Yeah. Do you, I do. Yeah. And I think, I think probably the, the, the lockdown gives, gives you some insight into, into that. Because if when you go into lockdown, you have nothing to do and can't think of anything to do and hate it, I think that probably gives you a little bit of insight that actually maybe I don't have enough other things, you know? Like, I have mm. so many things. That it's I, a really difficult one, man. I know we've it, had this. It, it, it is. It is because the, the argument that we were having in the, or the discussion was actually that to become elite in anything, so now we're talking about coaches becoming elite coaches, you have to work hard. You know, like Sir Alex Ferguson was a workaholic. He worked and worked and worked to become this, you know, legend that he is in the game. And like, actually, if if Alex Ferguson was, you know, into street dance and, you know, <laughs> podcasting and all that sort of stuff, perhaps maybe, you know, he had a million table legs. Maybe he wouldn't have been so good at the, at, you know, the thing he focused on. Um, but is it, it is a, it's a tough one, isn't it? It is a tough one. But I think I think having I think it is how you identify, isn't it? As in, you know, I am, you know, I am a, a, a dad and a, a husband and whatever, and I work in football, or I am a coach, or I do this as well. It's probably a healthier way of looking at it, isn't it? But it's a really good example, and you know, yeah. the, the way the way the LFE shared it with our players as well, I thought was really fantastic because, like you said about those stats, you know, and I hadn't heard those stats that you said it, but. Sounds about right, doesn't it? And you know, with those mm. stats bearing in mind, we, we need to we need to help our players with that, you know, and, and help them have a stable a stable table. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I have over the last few years. You mentioned the EHOP course, which I was on with you for a period of time, and they start talking about like North Star and personal goals and things like yeah. this. Obviously, I'm not I had ideas of what I wanted to do when I was younger but when I start thinking about those things and then right okay well what does it take to achieve said goal and I have had conversations with myself whereby I'm saying okay well do you do you love it enough or are you willing to sacrifice other things to be where you want to get to or where this goal mm. what this goal would require and yeah. so I've probably had a realisation sometimes, well, actually, this is really important to me and I'd love to get to here. But at the same time, these things are really important to me. And to meet this goal, I'd have to sacrifice them. And so maybe now I'm having to readjust my goals a little bit or yeah. Isn't it funny circumstances because... change as you, as you get up, don't you grow up? Because when you're young, you're like, oh, I just want to coach. 24 7 yeah. and i'm gonna watch this game yeah. and, oh my god there's a game from the peruvian third division on three <laughs> in the morning i must watch that <laughs> um, it's, it's funny so, because with with a player it's really obvious to do that gap analysis you say you want to be a professional footballer well this is what you're going to have to do to be that professional footballer at the moment you're only doing this this and this and you're missing this this and this so like we help them with the bits that they're missing it's really like an obvious thing to do but then with yeah. us as a person, it's it it's you just you have to be sort of poked and prodded to go, yeah, but to do that, you'd need to do this and this. And are you, 
you know, are you actually doing anything that aligns with that? Because sometimes I feel as well, like, and, and speak to a lot of people, particularly in, you know, in football, it does take over, doesn't it, sometimes? It's like a hamster wheel or a treadmill. Mm. You just get on it and then suddenly you get so bogged down with stuff, you just keep going and going and going. And you have to consciously make time and effort to mm. actually focus things in into your bit as well you know like if i have goals about something i can't just keep getting on the treadmill and and jogging my way through the season i have to make time yeah. where i am really focused to, towards this goal and i'm actually chipping away at it and i'm adding value to it and, you know it's really tough to do though because you get you get wrapped yeah, up yeah. You? we spoke about it even with this podcast didn't we we said yeah. before about for this to be the best podcast that I not that we can make it, but for it to be the best podcast in the country or whatever, we would have to do this, this, and this and consistency. And we joked about it saying, Oh, we've missed a few weeks, but that would require an element of sacrifice on other things. You have a have a young family yeah. and a new house and other things as well that deserve your time and attention. Same with me. And yeah. we're both in the same boat that so so now we've you have to readjust and, and and maybe shift those goals a little bit. But it's I just found that fascinating as well around yeah around maybe well actually now that I know what it might take maybe my my dreams and my realities are not aligned or whatever. I don't get me wrong. I still want to go as far as I can and want to do. But there's certain things now that are non-negotiables to me in my personal yeah. world. No one else has to know about them. Do you know what I mean? It's and you still, when it's time to work, you work as hard as you can. But um, yeah. just find this whole what else conversation, and like, especially with, with players, and I think we as coaches, as role models to a lot of these players, we can have a massive, massive impact on self-esteem and worth mm-hmm. and in, in, a, in a generation, not just a future of footballers who might go into coaching or physiotherapy or something in the game. It yeah. might be... You know, there might be entrepreneurs or musicians or teachers or, you know, tradesmen, whatever. And I think we've got to find that conversation. Yeah. But going, going back to the football, mate, then you, you said people have gone back hmm. um, with a with, um, <clears throat> few people that we know working in the grassroots game were, were sharing a few people contacting me and saying about going back and that, and they're really excited. But what, what would your recommendations be to those either coaches or, or volunteers or parent helpers or or whatever it is now that we're allowed to go and do some coaching again and the young children can play football what yeah. are we what 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 are we considering what's important you know what what do you want to see at the playing field as opposed to yeah i guess i guess it's not too dissimilar to what i want to see when i look out at our our academy training, our games, games, small-sided games. I think the, the priority, you know, particularly at grassroots coming back this week, is small-sided games, keep mixing the teams up, getting them to come back and taking a bit of ownership in what they're doing and talking to each other and reconnecting with each other. And as you, as a coach, start reconnecting with your players, I think that's it. I, I think, you know, I mean, you've seen some some horror shows I don't even know if it's a joke at times about people coming back in doing the bleep test or people coming back in and you know drills and you know they've, they've been out of out of the game and out of society for 
months just let them reconnect with each other and i think that's got to be our priority for a while you know i think it i think it always should be our priority but i think we've even got to over egg it for a bit because you know they they've 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 been lacking that that engagement that connection you know and i know we we get it through this you know through zoom and through different ways but i think we've just got to reconnect as a as a whole group of people you know coaches parents players players and coaches players and parents you know uh, so for me i want to just see loads of different games you know hardly any coach interact uh, hardly yeah. any coach intervention um let them let them play let i'm, them I'm play. not sure i'm not sure if anyone i've not seen anyone do it but i'm thinking now if i was maybe i should have done this in my my academy role but thinking if I was at working with a grassroots team now, what would my first session be? Well, I, I think I would just ask the kids, what 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 have you missed the most? What do you want to yeah. do? Yeah. And then and just do that for the first yeah. few weeks. It might if they want to play nine V nine for the whole session, let them. If they want to do their favourite shooting game that they all loved, do that and then get them in a game. But just turn it over to them. I think that's really important. Because yeah, agree. We can easily, like you said, we've all got a few new ideas up our sleeve, or we've watched this, listened to that, found a certain thing that we want to do. Mm. I, I think we shouldn't even think about that for the first four weeks. Just, just give it back to the kids and let them. Just you know, when you do your level one, and it's just about managing a safe environment. Yeah, exactly. Just, that. just, just do that. Just go back to that again. Yeah. Just... just make sure it's safe and connect with all your players, and make sure that they know that you're really pleased to have them back, and that it's great to have them back. Apart yeah. from that, just yeah, just smile and be happy and let them play. Keep it safe. It's yeah. Probably the priorities, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. There's your session plan done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, but then, okay. What? How? What? How do? How do we? How do we get some elements of coaching in there? I know we, we spoke before around around our game, uh, our enjoyment for for condition games and stuff. I personally mm-hmm. think that kind of stuff would be ideal for this time. Yeah, I, I agree it would be. But I, I think what well, what is coaching? Coaching is you know supporting a person with something that they need. And mm. what do the what do the boys need or girls need at the moment? They probably need some time with their friends to run around. So, so I, th- I think you're right. I think it's about trying to find out what they need. It's not about us as a coach. It's not about, you know, it's not about me and what session I want to do. It's about the coach. It's about the players, you know, and what, what do they want? So, so I would, I would probably argue back that actually coaching is, is about recognizing what they need at that moment and supporting them in it. And you could argue that at the moment, they probably just need loads of social stuff you know, and, and maybe yeah, yeah, opportun- yeah. opportunities to run around. So make it, you know, and that's why, that's why I said small side of games because you're physical, you get loads of touches on the ball, you have to do loads of running and then you get loads of social stuff as well, particularly with smaller groups, changing the teams, different ways of scoring, different, you know, weighted goals or whatever it is, you know, that's, that's the way to do it, I would say. Yeah, I think all of your interventions should come around ensuring that all the players get the most out of it as they can. So even mm. at any level, especially grassroots, you'll have a player who is highly dominant, whether that's physically, technically, 
tactically, whatever, there'll be one player or a few players who are the best in the group. And there'll be some players who struggle to keep up. So yeah. the coaching that we do is to make sure that the top players are having fun and finding some form of challenge if they need it. Yeah. And But then so are the, the, the ones who are struggling to keep up. You have to find ways for them to continue to have the ball at their feet and be mm-hmm. involved and get that sense of of worth again. Because if you just play a game, yeah. it can turn into playground where the likes of you and me just look like a ref in the middle trying to keep up, whereas the good players <laughs> just take over. So I guess that's I'll not take, enjoyable. I, I take offence at that. Like... Yeah, so yeah, sorry, but you were you wouldn't even be allowed to play with the year sixes, mate. You, were... <laughs> but do you know what I mean. If you might get through the first session where. The, I don't want to call them the worst player, but the player who who is struggling to keep up, they might just really enjoy the first session because they're back amongst it. Yeah. But then quite quickly, if they're not getting much of the ball, it, it could could get back to oh, well, I'm not really doing a lot here. So I mm-hmm. guess then our like you said, our role is to find ways to so whether that player has areas on the pitch that only he or she can go or bonus points for that player's involvement something that's going to mean that they get what what I I mean that's that's the only coaching that we need to do I think agreed yeah just managing the difference isn't it what what I really like in sessions when I look at sessions and I I do this I I like this even when I work when you work with the PDP you do loads of like short sharp bits and then you move on to something else I really like doing stuff like that because, A, I think you can drive the intensity. You know, when you're talking about the elite, the elite end now, you, you can drive intensity, you drive competition. But also what you do is, is that things, you have from variety because it changes. And also things, you move on really quickly. So we might be in a small practice and, you know, you may have a, a really torrid time, but we're playing it for like four minutes. And then after that four minutes, we're doing something else. And you might be on the winning team, and I really like that. In, I really like that in practices because you know, even if even if like like you said, you were going to play a nine v nine game for the whole practice because that's what they wanted to do. That's fine, but the nine v nine game will be broken down into four minute games. And actually, after four minutes, we might change the teams, and we might change the rules, and we might change the shape of the pitch, we might change where players can run. Do you know what I mean? So every four minutes, you've got a chance of winning a game. And then I either won it or drew it or I lost it. And then I can play another game. And it's just, that's, that's why I, I love those types of sessions because it's just like, firstly, it teaches you just to like move on really quickly. But secondly, you just got, you just get loads of opportunities to, to play another game, you know, like mm. just, I didn't win that one. So I'm playing again. You know, I, I, I was playing with my daughter on the computer the other day. Like she's smashing me, but like, I was engaged for probably 20, 25 minutes because the games were so short that I was thinking, well, I'm definitely going to win the next one. So like, you know, like now I've got it again, I've lost it, but I was close. I'll win the next one. Do you know what I mean? So like, even though I got, I got panned for 20 minutes, actually, even at the the 20 minute mark, I was still engaged in this thinking that actually (laughs) I might win the next one. And that's, (laughs) that's what I like. That's what I like about sessions. And, you know, I, I like that when, when there's a, there's a, there's a flow and an intensity to it. But, but you you move on really quickly. Whereas if you just play one game, you know, that's like the that's like the be all and end all because it's just one. 
it's just the one thing. It becomes so important that if you're you know doing really well, it's great. But if you're not doing well, like you said, it's rubbish. That's why I love I what, love short sharp stuff, you know. Two 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 questions to that then. Two questions, not two two two. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> two questions, questions to that. <laughs> Firstly, what about players? You I've seen players take the first few minutes to feel it out, get to grips with if it's a new condition or new challenge. It takes mm-hmm. some of them can take them a while to learn the game, and that may not. Not, it doesn't even have to be a complicated game, but if you move on yeah. quite quickly, do you think maybe there's not chance for them to minutes zero to four? I'm still feeling my way in, but then minutes yeah. five to eight, I'm a, they look a different yeah. player because they, they get it. Um, I guess what about that? And then also, my other question would be is there a um, risk of stopping it when it's actually there's a good flow to it and the kids are enjoying it? Do you, do you mm. just want to let it go or? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a caveat to everything, and I think that's the skill of the coach to watch it. So when I say short and sharp, I might do you might do a game for twelve minutes, but it's mm. broken down into three four minute bits. So that's that's what I mean. So like if we yeah, okay. did like uh, so so I'll go back to the the PDP, I might be doing a a finishing practice, and we've got some defenders in and attackers attack the attack the defense session it might be 20 minutes but i will work in like four minute blocks Mm. so it's so i'm doing the same thing but like in the first four minutes the attackers have won in the second four minutes the defenders won because we didn't score enough goals you know so so you might still do the same thing but just by chunking it it gives you multiple games rather than one game yeah yeah that's so so it doesn't mean you have to move on i don't say you know I'm, i'm not advising you to to do four minutes of maths and then four minutes of english and then four minutes of art you know you could be doing the same thing you're still doing maths yeah yeah 20 minutes 20 minutes you're just going to chunk it into bits you know so i think that's i think that's really important and then i uh forgot your second question already. yeah i'm just gonna say if it if it's going really well after that four minutes oh yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, so can, can you, you just let it go or? yeah keep it going yeah so we yeah. you know we Again, example, we, I, I did a small side of games to finish a practice and I was doing three-minute blocks. And the last three minutes was brilliant. So it was five and a half minutes and they were blowing. Yeah, they, but, but yeah, they don't great. have no concept of time, do they, whilst no, they're going? they loved it. They loved it. It's great. <laughs> two two you know, minutes and, to go. <laughs> yeah, you get a, you get a slap, on the wrist, <laughs> slap on the wrist from the sports science team, but they were yeah. loving it. So, you know, so yeah, I think... so. Uh, there's a caveat i think as a as a coach you, you you're sort of you know just like anything isn't it the, the practice is a framework and then how that framework is delivered is down to the skill of the coach and i think you know your skill as a coach is to sort of watch and recognize those moments to keep it going to rein it in to change it you know or, mm. or to individualize it that's your sort of skill isn't it yeah yeah um is there any i mean like you said we've been fortunate that we were able to come back a little sooner than than the grassroots game so is there anything that you think grassroots coaches should be prepared for or aware of um, I've got an mm-hmm. example that I'm thinking here I can share if if it helps my question I mean my players I work with uh, teenagers so 14 13 14 the amount of boys that have come back twice the size of when they left 
is ridiculous. I know. Um, they have been sleeping in a compost bag, I think. They are huge. <laughs> so, but with some boys, is a they, they move differently. They're just trying to get used to their body again. They've not been doing yeah. the amount. So we just have to back off and allow them to to find their way again. I think that's one thing that's really struck me is that, wow, these these young young men have, have really changed some of them. Um, yeah. and they just got to sort of reconnect with their limbs. Um, yeah. So just to be a bit patient with that and, and just help them along. That, that's been a massive eye opener for me because we've had a lot of time off or they've, they've done loads of work at home and they've kept themselves active. I, I get that, but it's not quite it's not the, the same. same. Um, no. So that's one thing that I guess some grassroots coaches might be experiencing now or have experienced that a boy who or girl who when you last saw them it looks like their older brother or sister has returned for your training but um, we just have to be we just have to be patient and mindful and, and support them because they might get frustrated that their toe is no longer where they thought it was or yeah yeah <laughs> um and that that's the fascination of working the ydp i think is going through all those changes it's it's a rocky road it's it's it a is. challenge but i think Storm that might be something is it's definitely this year been even more noticeable because I've not been around the players. Like when they're, when you're watching them grow, yeah. you, you don't notice it, but whilst they're growing and still active, it probably doesn't have such an impact. The fact that they've yeah. not been doing it, but they've not stopped growing, have they over this time? They're still growing. Yeah. Um, I think that's, uh, that's, that's been a real eye opener for me. And I'm sure that'll be the case with anyone working with teenagers. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Be ready for that. It's fascinating, but it's um, yeah, yeah. I got think cr- I think got cricket the... my neck from from talking to a lot of them now. They're all yeah, up there. <laughs> I think the physical load as well is going to be like you said. They might do stuff at home, but it's not the same. You know, like we know yeah, that, don't of, we? Like lot of it, road running or, or long distance. Yeah, runs are not so the same. different to the, and it, the football and it, game itself. Aren't and, they? and even if you do, even if you do runs that are relevant to the game on your own it's just not the same until you get in and around it so I agree I think patience is key I think recognising that you know they may not be able to do what they could do six months ago or whatever um, I also think psychologically you know I think is um, I think we probably need to sort of be aware of I think I think people I, I think we're going to have to be patient with with a lot of people adults as well included but I think I think it's it is going to be hard, you know, for people to go like, like when you talked earlier on and you said, you know, it's been a bit different for me because I've carried on going. So like I, I have, so every morning I've, I've, we've been in training. So when everyone's on lockdown, I've been in training. So I, I leave the house, I drive to work, I probably get a coffee and then, you know, I work and I see people and then I drive home and like, that seems really mundane to me at the moment. But then I remember like my wife has worked from home since November. So it's like, that is that in fact, she's worked from home since the first lockdown, but she, she changed her role in November. So like she's been at home for what's that like a year working from home. And then at some point she is going to go back to work. And like, that is a massive change and Mm. she's an adult. So like it's, uh, it, I think it will be bigger than, than we probably realise. And some kids will be, will be really like, 
bounty about it and actually not impact them now or it may impact them later or it may have already impacted them and they've sort of come around from it but some people will find it strange some people will find it difficult to manage and I think when you said patience I think that's really important I think patience is really key and I think we need to you know remember that everybody's experience of this last 12 months or however long it is is different you know so my experience there is very different to my wife we're in the same house you know same family but our experiences of the last six months particularly have been very different I've carried on going to work she's been at home you know so I think everybody's uh, experience of lockdown will be different and I think patience is really key and I think that's why you know it, whether whether you look at emotionally or physically that's why the, the small side of games the small numbers the game based practices will be brilliant because it gives you opportunity to to run and move around the pitch it also gives you opportunity to do drive-by stuff and you know connect with people on a individual basis not just a team basis so I think I think it'd be interesting to see. And I think it's, it's just, it's just really positive, isn't it? Because, you know, it's been for many people, it's been really tough. And, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's just really good to, to come back. But like, like you said, I mean, some of our lads, you know, I didn't even, didn't even recognize them. I didn't even recognize them when they come back, you know, they're like <laughs> man mountains. I was like, who, who's this? <laughs> who's this boy? He's like, oh, he's, you know, you know who it is. And it's like, oh, Oh yeah, course it's it's strange. Yeah, really, really weird. Really weird. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really a really big point, isn't it? I <clears throat> I I thought about it, but probably not giving it the attention it deserves. Is that the, the bigger picture here is going back to that stuff around people, isn't it? The impact on yeah. people, not on the footballer, not on the yeah as as the person and that person's close-knit family or support network or yeah. whatever like this has been a real testing time hasn't it for everyone like you said everyone's experienced it differently some mm-hmm. people have had it way worse than than me way worse some people have yeah. have been fortunate and it's not affected them, but do you know what I mean we, we've just got to give people time uh, I, yeah it's going to be it's probably it's just a wake up call, isn't it? Around yeah, but this everyone is everyone is an individual. Can, this is where sport can play such a, a massive part now, isn't it? It's yes, it's giving yeah. it's 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 regalvanizing the country, really, isn't it? The fact that yeah, we're allowed to go and do things and be around people, and like you said, it's it's been massive for you and I know we speak a lot, but the fact that we were able to get back to some form of normality mm-hmm. a lot quicker than most, like you said. Your wife's been at home for the whole thing. I've got the lad I work with was talking about work or something and, and his wife said the same thing to him. She said, look, what, you, you ha- I haven't left the house for God knows how long. You yeah. still get to go, get up and go to work. And, and sports allowed us to do that. But like I said, the yeah. impact on a lot of people, it's going to be... And don't be... I, I can think... I can imagine that people, a lot of people's personalities will have changed. They might come back different and you think hold on he or she was different before this is it's rocked a lot of people and it's tested people in different ways hasn't it so Mm. um, very much so but yeah positive thing is it looks like we're we're making strides in the right direction so it does look that way yeah i I do think like i I think it can it can impact people for positives as well like you know when you realize that 
it just changes your perspective on stuff, doesn't it? A little bit, you know, whether it's, whether it's just something as simple as the way you work, you know, like you might not have to drive into work to, to have that meeting, you know, something as simple as that, but there might be other things as well that actually you start recognizing the, you know, some good stuff that you have in your life or some people that you, you know, like we, you know, we had my family around in, in the garden last week, which, you know, mum and dad in the garden and my brother with his little baby. And you think like, that's oh, normal. It was just brilliant. It yeah, was like, yeah. It, it, it wasn't normal. It was brilliant. It was like, you know, it was like a lottery win. It was excellent. You know, like, so yeah. you, you forget about, little things or how important those things are. So actually, you know, it, it, some, like you say, some people might come back and it, it completely changed them for good as well. So that's, I think it's just a, a, a reminder that we have to, we are coaching people and some, some of those people are young people and they're all individuals. So everybody will be different. And we know that from the courses we go on, we know that, you know, from the way that we, we manage difference in the session. But we need to be even more aware of that now because of the context we're working within, and the context of the last 12 months, probably. Yeah, good stuff, mate. What, um, what else has caught your eye in the football or coaching world? Anything? Well, I, yeah, I, I listened to a TED Talk, and I may, I apologise in advance if I pronounce his name wrong, but I think I've it's Eduardo Briseno. It's fantastic. So he was talking about, um, I, I, I shared his, his TED talk. It's actually from 2016, 2017. Um, and then he, he replied to me. And sh- yeah, no, no. Yeah, he it's didn't four, start it then. Yeah, yeah. it's on for four, <laughs> yeah. four years. <laughs> yeah, um, but he, I, I put it out on Twitter just to share it. And he actually replied with some um, recent work he's been doing, research in the area. It's absolutely brilliant. But basically talking about learning zone and performance zone and about how we need to recognise the two are different, what we need to be looking out for in one, and how the perception of the player can impact on them as well. So even though we may say, oh, we're in a learning zone, if we do things that make them perceive that they're in a performance zone, they will behave as if they're in a performance zone rather than a learning zone. So for example... For example, we might say, oh, look, this is, you know, the, re- the result doesn't matter today. The result doesn't matter. But then we lose and we tell them off for losing. <laughs> it, 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 it's conflicted. So actually, yeah. we Action think we're in a learning louder than zone, words. but we're behaving in a performance zone. So that was really interesting stuff. You know, and, and it was a really interesting read, something I've shared actually with all our staff. And, you know, we discussed it and I've spoken to a few people about it. Um, that's something really interesting. I'd, I'd highly recommend people having a watch of that. I think it's probably only about 10 minutes long and, and the research stuff he's put out of it is, is just excellent. So anyone, anyone interested in coaching needs to have a look at that because it's really simple as well. Some real clear tips really on how to, how to create your learning zone. You know, probably stuff that, you know, you may know this already, but good reinforcer at the very least. Yeah, I've got it here on TED.com. It's called How to Get Better at the Things You Care About. Is that the one? Correct. Yeah, correct. That was something my wife shared with me because I think she was using it in her 
in her field as well. Um, I, I mean, field of work, not like, you know, <laughs> you know in a field. She, um, in, her, in her area of, of expertise, and it just crossed over and she sort of shared it with me. So, yeah, have, have a little look at it. I think it's really worth, it's worth your 10 minutes, 100%. Okay. I like that. I'll definitely do that. Good stuff. Um, anything else, mate? What have you been watching? Have you been watching anything? Sport related? Well, I watched, yeah, I mean, I watched Ted Lasso, which is just incredible. <laughs> you know, I keep telling yeah, you, know, I, I, you I, about this, I'm not on you? commission. I'm not on commission for it, <laughs> but, you know, um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's, it's a comedy, but I'll tell you what, there's actually, from a coaching point of view, there's some little snippets that you can take away. There was a really good little bit, I won't spoil it for anyone, but there's a really good little bit where there's a player talking about the player struggling with mistakes so he makes a mistake and if he makes a mistake that's him done game over like his head falls off rolls off <laughs> he, he, and and just the way he talks to him about you know about how to deal with his mistakes you know it's it's done so in like a comedy in a, you know with a comedy twist but actually the the, the way it's done short sharp really simple to understand really key key message really hits home with the player so there's there's actually like you know this it, listen it's a really funny sort of program the the basis is an american football coach gets a job in the premier league doesn't know anything about soccer um it's <laughs> actually like Brad really, really funny it's really funny but there's actually some little snippets that you think do you know what that's that's a really good message you know and he's he's all about people so actually he's he's not He's not interested in the game, so to speak. He obviously is interested in the game, but what he says is that actually, you know, in American football, I coach people, and and here I'm coaching people. It's the same. It's the same thing. So there's actually some there's some real cool little bits that you know, if you're a coach and you're watching it, you will pick up on it. I think that's if that's been put in there on purpose, it's been done so with a nice little bit of a tip of the hat to coaching. So. That's and what channel? What really channel is that on, mate? I think that was Apple TV. So obviously during lockdown, I'm pretty sure we bought every subscription going. So <laughs> I can't quite remember, but I think it's Apple TV, and it's uh, it's well worth a watch, Lee. Oh, I'll have to I'll have to try and get onto that. I've yeah. I've heard a few people talk about it. Said it's really good. It's very good. Yeah. What about yourself? I mean, obviously you you won't have time to watch television. I was going to say, no, yeah, I've watched every episode of Hey Dougie now, I think, and uh, <laughs> some, some, some great messages in there of uh, how to earn different badges. Um, but no, um, I'll tell you something I did watch on Disney Plus. Um, you know, I've told you before, I like uh, the, the book around about Pixar Creativity Inc. It's just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. really good. Well, there's short um, video or programs documentaries on on um disney plus and it's about people who work at pixar they're only like oh, 11 right. 11 minutes 10 to 11 minutes each you know pick up it's one person it just follows them around and gets their job and an insight yeah so like it'll be a costume designer and a musician like fascinating just to see the environment they work in the like the collaboration it's it's, it's brilliant again after reading yeah. the book I've got a real interest in like Pixar and, and how they do things. So that, that they're really cool. They're only 10, 11 minutes long, but was, they're... Was the book about, I can't remember his first name, something Lasseter? 
Uh, it was the Ed guy Catmull. who's like, yeah, Ed Catmull. Guy, is it Bob Bob Lassimer? Like, was it Lassiter? Lassiter? Is that the film? Yeah, Lassimer. He, Lassimer. The, the guy the, who the was at Disney, about. and then yes, that's it. Disney got rid of him for not being creative enough, and then he created Pixar, and then Disney bought Pixar. Yeah, is that pretty much it. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, yeah. It's along those lines. It's really good. Really good. I mean, but don't quote me on that. That might not be correct. So if no, Disney I'm not. Do watch this, and I'm incorrect. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold you accountable for that. But yeah, I remember that, um, that. Really his, good. His story has been mentioned in like a in a book I read actually about, and I think it was about like basically resilience and how this fella believed in what he was doing and did it to the point where even when he lost his job in the dream job he actually just went and made something happen for himself somewhere else to the point where you know he ended up rejoining that sort of industry a bit higher up so really yeah, interesting pretty, that's yeah. yeah something i'll check out yeah there is there is a longer documentary on there called the story of pixar which i think goes into that but these these little ones is, i think it's called the people at pixar or behind Pixar, something like that Brilliant. it's just short little and it's yeah people who you think oh i didn't even realize that was a job but like it's it's really good what they do so i, yeah. I like that that's fascinating um watching uh, the, the, there was go on sorry go on no no i was going to talk about a different program so carry on if it's around this no no go man go on mate no it wasn't about this at all it just i was gonna jump to me yeah I was, <laughs> I was gonna say i've also been watching the new last chance you oh even, yeah which is about basketball this time it's about basketball which is really interesting because that's um, again the whole premise of that program is high flying athletes the first three or four seasons are in American football this one's basketball but 18 19 year old lads some of the best in the country and for whatever reason whether it's um, run-ins with the law or, or whatever they end up getting kicked yeah. out of their either going to prison or losing their scholarships at some of the biggest colleges or universities and having to rebuild their career to try and get where they want. And it's really interesting to see how these former golden boys or like the next big thing, how they cope with adversity and how the coaches deal with these personalities. And obviously there's all the stuff around the education that they need to even get back to a D1 college. So really fascinating. I really like them. I'd recommend the the, the American football ones. It's on my list. Yeah. And this one, this new series is basketball, which, again, from a coaching perspective, loads of messages, loads of positive examples, loads of challenges that you think, Jesus, I don't know how I would cope with that. Um, but yeah. yeah, really, really good. Really good. Yeah, I'll check that out. I have actually seen it. I've seen it advertised. It keeps popping up and I'm, I've not really got around to watching it. So I'll make yeah. time for that. Yeah. Um, so that's that's it for TV, mate started line of duty yeah. from series one because i never got into that so that's brilliant yeah through that. never seen it never no, seen it's, it it's good it is good um, no but if i start watching it that'll that'll be me won't it i'll never yeah i'll never finish it yeah um i was gonna say um i i actually was on a uh, like we had a guest speaker um who was a hostage negotiator you know when we're talking about what i think we're i've doing, seen him before forgot at, about it kevin the, taylor I think he presented at an FA conference. I went when I did mentor him. He was, he was excellent. There. Yeah, really he was good. Excellent. Trained is he by called the FBI. Crim- is he called Crimson Peak? 
Yes. On Twitter. Crimson yeah, Peak that's is his it. website. Yeah. Yeah. Re- and that's really him on good. Twitter as well. R- really good. Yeah. yeah. I like, yeah. He was excellent. He was excellent. So talking about loads of stuff around like, you know, listening skills. So listening for the subtext, you know, they're yeah. saying this, but what is he actually really saying? And what does he mean or she mean by that? That was really quite interesting. You know, like deep listening. So like, you know, you just gave some really good examples about that as well. And also I asked about like asking simple questions that, that you know, people forget to do because they, they overcomplicate it. Uh, and the example he gave, like he got called out and there was a, you know, a guy on, you know, near the edge of a building. And he went up there. Or something. He, no, he just, he just went up there and he said, can, can you come away from the edge so that we can talk? And the guy was like, oh yeah, I will. Yeah. And came straight in. And like, he, he sort of said, well, what, you know, did, did nobody ask you to come in? He was like, no. <laughs> so like, he said, well, why, why didn't you come in? And he said, oh, well, I was, I was near the edge and then all the police came and I got scared and didn't know what to do. So I just stayed here. <laughs> so he was saying like the simplest questions can sometimes be the most effective one. You know, that yeah. actually people, people turned up to, the, to this place, saw the situation, but overcomplicated it in their head to the point where they didn't know what to do. And then they got somebody who's such an expert in, but asked just such a stupid question, you know, <laughs> an obvious question. And the guy was like, yeah, fine. Then he came away from the edge and they talked about it and they were all good. You know, like, so that was a real, that was a really interesting, you know, little case study that he shared with us. But he was, but he was think, excellent. Do you, just, do you think on that one, mate, and I've heard people say this before, do you think, and the same with coaching, do you think he had to know absolutely everything about his subject matter to then go in with the most Make it simple so thing. simple. Yeah. And I can't yeah, remember, definitely. I can't remember where we were having this. Oh, it was um, our last episode of um, guards was saying about the, the top, yeah, top guards coaches. Did say it. He said they know their subject matter inside out, that they can just be so clear and concise and make it seem easy. And I guess that's the same thing yeah. there that he was such an expert. He knew everything. He wasn't flustered or phased. He just said, do you, do you want to, come away from the edge and a guy was like, oh yeah, but I do actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think, uh, I think, you know, he, he did talk about the level of training. I mean, know, he's, got, he's got, he's got to have a lot, he's got to have a lot of his sleeve in case the bloke said, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Because then you'd be like, well, oh, well I'm, <laughs> I've got nothing else here. <laughs> he, he actually said that, that one of the, one of the things, and this is quite relevant actually, particularly if you're having to have, you know, conversations with people that you might think are awkward or difficult. But he actually said that part of the training is that they have, um, they pre-plan arguments in the head or, or as a group. And you have to, they come up with like five reasons as to why they would like you to do something. So for example, if I was coming to say, so he was talking about um, like a hostage situation and he was about, he has to think in his head of five reasons why he would give up a hostage you know, like, so, so when he says give up a hostage, he would say no. He'd have to then have a reason to give him straight away. And then when they said no to that, he'd have to have another one and another one and another one. And he said he, was, he had to be so prepared and planned because any sort of stuttering or uh, uh, uh made him look like he didn't know what he was doing. And when people think you don't know what you're doing, you lose a bit of credibility, but it makes people a bit anxious as well. So he would like prepare and plan arguments and reasons in his head so that when he was talking with somebody pretty much anything that they threw at him he had he had an answer for it 
and how I actually do you thought, plan oh, for that? How do you plan for that when you can be in bed at three in the morning and just get a phone call and say, by the way, you got to get to sell and so. Do you know yeah, what I mean? So it's not the kind of thing yeah, that you can plan you for. Whereas we, a coaching session tends route. to look quite similar, but a hostage negotiation yeah, I think, or a, I think where, the way you were saying it is that they they don't get just like flung into it. They obviously have this a period of, of time before they go into it. So they might be en route or they might be on scene and they have 10 minutes before he is then speaking to, to somebody or having to do something. So he said he would have like a team that would help him come up with these things. But like in our situation, you know, it might be that we are having a, a difficult conversation with a member of staff or, you know, a player, a parent, you know, and, and actually it's probably just thinking about, well, how could this conversation play out? You know, what's the best case scenario? Where if that happens, what am I going to do? What's the worst case scenario? And if that happens, how am I going to handle it? You know, and, and maybe ever think about the two, two or three options between. And I think what he was saying was, if you have those, if you've played that through in your head, you'll be much calmer when it comes out because you've, you're prepared for it and you plan for it rather than, you know, just going in there with zero prep and then something gets thrown at you and you're like, uh, uh, well, uh, you know, that's when you lose credibility and, and the energy and your emotion starts taking over your, your practice or yeah. your, you know, you can relate it to your practice as well, can't you? You know, like what are the pictures I'm trying to get out here? What if that happens? What if he does this? What if that happens? You know, so that when it does happen, I've already thought it through. Yeah, know, yeah. Even, even taking it back to a basic level, I've got 12 players here tonight. What if, what if 11 turn up? Mm. what if 10 turn up what if 13 turn up you know so having that in your head means that when 13 turn up well i already know what i'm going to do so that's not a problem whereas if you just have thought about 12 and suddenly you've got 13 that's when your head falls off and yeah, when your yeah. head falls off you, you know your, your chimp takes over you actually start losing the uh the clarity of, of your message and what you're doing you know, so it's a really, really good, really good. I think you're right. It is Crimson Peak. Uh, I think that's his his um, his website as well as, as his Twitter handle. But well worth a well worth a, uh, checking yeah. it out. It's some really we'll, interesting uh, stuff. A guy called Kevin Taylor. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we we'll have to try and get him on, mate. That'd be a great conversation. We can try and get him on. You're here. right, actually. That would be very good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. I did. I did see him once before, and uh, yeah, I thought he was excellent. So. Yeah, good stuff. Another, another quick recommendation. I know you're you're gonna run out of battery in a minute, but um, I'm reading uh, Eleven Rings by Phil Jackson, which is really oh, good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I'd recommend that. I've got That's it. very good. Yeah, I've I've got it. I've not started it. Yet. <clears throat> yeah, very good. Very good. I say I'm listening. I'm also cool. off off the back of the last dance. I'm assuming. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw a few people. Had, spoke highly of it on on twitter so i uh i got that and that's yeah it's not been disappointing yet i'm only working through it yeah slowly um but yeah no that's good yeah that's good and the, yeah the, the uh, Thurs- doesn't, doesn't surprise me yeah. <laughs> the thursday murder club is my current fiction at the minute and i'm nearly finished that so <laughs> Rich, by- richard osman yeah is it that- is yeah 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 it's good yeah it is good. I've not read it. I just like Richard Osman. So yeah, uh... you could say it's not pointless. Um, did he do that? Is that him? <laughs> you, you, yeah, you did, yeah. yeah, not you a did. pointless book. Um, listen, Matt, <laughs> let's call it a day. I know your iPad's going to 
fall asleep just like you might do soon. Yeah. Um, no, mate, it's been a pleasure. Um, nice to catch up. Hopefully, catch this, up, yeah. hopefully this episode yeah. comes Very out. Very good to catch up. And we'll, we'll make sure we get, um, we'll get a little bit more consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, <clears throat> yeah, we do need to do that. But I also appreciate that people haven't been commuting as much. So maybe they've got a backlog of episodes to catch up on. Hopefully now that the world is slowly returning back to what it is. I know that's where speaking to a lot of people who I know that listen, it was in the car to work or to coaching or whatever. So um, again, I know hopefully as those things kick back in, we might be able to get, get a bit more traction and debate and stuff. So if anyone out there has any recommendations for either topics or or guests or whatever, just fire them over. I know there's loads of stuff out there at the minute, which is brilliant. So it means a lot to me and Matt that anyone would listen or or engage. Um, And of course we want it selfishly. We, me and Matt do this for us and hopefully it helps some people, but if there's specific guests or topics, then again, I'm sure Matt and I would love to, to do what we can to help spread some knowledge or, or just generate some conversation. So um yeah this this episode hopefully will come out in quite quick succession after another one we've done with a guest so uh please do go and listen to that if you haven't already um and also very much any- very much like our the practices i talked about earlier it's going to be short and sharp here's another yeah, one yeah. here's another yeah, one yeah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> um but no on a serious note if you if anyone does get chance to go and rate or or review it on iTunes or wherever you get your your podcast that does help to spread the the word of the podcast and it, and it will therefore crop up on other people's um, feeds and stuff as suggested so yeah give it a five star rating give it a comment if you could I really do appreciate it um, thanks for listening Matt it's been a pleasure mate talk mum see you soon see you all soon take care take take care If you are a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on Pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. Thank you.